fam. Welcome to the Prescription for Change podcast. Are you a working professional, busy mom, and tirelessly trying to bring your A-game in your career? Do you prioritize your family and their needs before your own, leaving little to no time for self-care? Do you secretly fantasize about the days you are at your physical peak and confident with your body and in your skin? Are you tired and struggling with the never-ending journey to better nutrition, physical fitness, and mental health? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Michelle, board-certified physician, mom of two, and your health coach. This podcast will transform the way you think about food and your health so you can break away from perfection paralysis and finally start to live your life intentionally. Let's get started. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today and joining me for another episode. So I wanted to talk to you all about something that you can all likely relate to or have experienced either for yourselves or with your children. And something that I have experienced as well and in the past had often asked, why is this happening? So I know whenever I would take my kiddos out on a road trip or we would be going somewhere, whether it was a 10-minute drive or a five-hour drive, as soon as we would get in the car, inevitably, they would ask me for a snack or look to see what was in the cooler bag or what we had packed. And most of the time, I would say 90% of the time before we would go on the road, especially if it's a longer trip, I would make sure that they ate beforehand, not right before, but enough so that they had a meal. So likely breakfast in the morning, just because I like to drive earlier in the day as opposed to later. And we'd get in the car and before we could like take off or we'd barely take off and they're asking me for something to eat or looking through the bag for something to eat. And I kept thinking they cannot possibly be hungry Or if I'm driving, sometimes I'll find myself reaching for a snack. I know where the snacks are kept, lots of different places. But even the fact that I have snacks in the car ready to go just says something about what our brain is telling us. So last week, I focused on food insanity, what that is, the feeling of not having any control over or feeling like you don't have any control over your hunger or the food that you're eating and not being able to have a sense of whether you're truly hungry or not. I've also talked in past episodes or in season one about intuitive eating and what does that mean? So we're all born eating or most of us are born eating intuitively unless you have some genetic disorder that, you know, has your body doing otherwise. So and there are some things that would that would uh, predispose you to not being able to do that. So intuitive eating is basically listening to your body and eating when you're truly hungry. What most of you may not know, is that there are hormones that control our hunger. And they are responsible for telling us when we're hungry, and when we're full. So we have our hunger, hunger hormones and our satiety hormones. And when those things are out of whack, 
then it creates an imbalance and it can cause this food insanity that we talked about, right? So not really having control. You literally have no control over your eating and when you're feeling hungry and you don't even know what your body needs or how to even listen to your body because your body isn't responding the way it normally would. But we can all get back to eating intuitively. So listening to our body and listening for not just when we're hungry, but what our body needs at that time. So depending on what it is that you're doing, you may need a little bit more protein, especially if it's muscle recovery. So after you run a marathon, you're going to need to replenish with some protein. Maybe before that marathon or before you go out and play a football game, you need some carbs, you need some quick energy, right? Things that are going to be able to be broken down relatively quickly so that it can be used by the body relatively quickly and you're not waiting for it to digest and you know, go to the places it needs to go to give you that energy surge. So there's a difference between what your body needs when you're about to... Um, have a strenuous workout or start moving um, or to get yourself revved up and what you need for recovery. So I want to go over the types, the different types of hunger, differentiate that for you. But before I get into that, I want to talk about the hormones themselves. So like I said, there are two different types of hormones. The first one is ghrelin. And I remembered this in med school because ghrelin starts with a G. I was thinking of like your belly growling, right? So ghrelin is a hormone that's produced by mostly by your stomach, sometimes by small intestines as well. And it gets produced when your stomach is empty. So it plays a role in regulating your appetite. It's supposed to stimulate the intake of food and it lets you know, hey, I need something to eat. I need energy. And Leptin is a hormone that helps to regulate the balance between your food intake and your energy use. So you want to make sure that when you're taking in food, it's because you need energy and you're not taking in food just to eat, right? So that's what happens to many of us when we lose sight of when we're actually hungry and when we're actually full. So leptin is the hormone that helps us to regulate that balance, right? When you are actively eating, your leptin level should start to rise. So that's the indicator that says, hey, we're starting to get to the full line or we're getting to the satisfied line. We should probably stop right around now. But a lot of times what happens is our brain doesn't really get that signal or our brain wants something a little bit different from what our stomach wants. So sometimes it takes a little while for the signal to get from your stomach or your intestines to your brain to say, hey, let's stop for a little bit. And, you know, I'll go get into later, like, what are the things that you can do to to help with that. And I go over that in my program as well. Like how can you actually train your body to get that signal or to listen to that signal? But for now, I want to just focus on the hormones themselves. Physiologically, this is what's happening. Your body should be ideally in perfect balance between your ghrelin or hunger hormone and your leptin and your satiety hormone. Leptin resistance is something that can happen, which means that your body is now resistant to 
leptin and it's not fun functioning the way that it should. And there are also several reasons why this happens. But one of the main ones and probably one that affects us, especially most people in the US, and with the rise in obesity and overweight individuals is that you're the overeating and overeating can occur for several different reasons. So that can lead to leptin resistance. Now, what are the different types of hunger? And are there even different types of hunger? So if you ask, you know, a few different people, you're going to get a bunch of different answers. But the way that I break it down, or think about it in my brain, and the easiest way to for you to remember it is that there are really two types of hunger. Not any more than that. You can kind of get down into like the breakdown of each one, but there are two main types of hunger. The first one is natural or physiologic hunger, meaning that balance of ghrelin and leptin and your hormones are in perfect balance and they function the way that they're supposed to. So when you are truly hungry, you may hear, you may have some physical signs of that. Your belly may growl. You may feel like, okay, I really want to eat something now. Um, And you're listening to that cue. It's what babies experience, right? So when they're hungry, they may start to um, turn or root like they want to latch onto something. They may put their fingers in their mouth um, and start sucking on their fingers. They may start to kind of like get upset a little bit and then late signs of hunger or a full blown cry. So as you get older, you're obviously able to control those things a little bit better. But I think babies kind of get it right. There's a natural progression of, you know, the time that they are full. And then as they start to get hungry, they give those little signs. Um, Same thing goes for us, right? So there is natural hunger, you can tell from the way that your body feels, or you can hear your belly, um, then you're hungry. The second type of hunger is psychological hunger. So that can mean many different things, right? So I think about this, this is where you can have a breakdown and some people may say, oh, there are 10 different types of hunger, but it really just all comes down to psychological hunger. That's more emotional things, right? So some people eat because they're bored or you're not really thinking about what you're doing. So if you're, if you don't have mindful eating and you're just eating because it it kind of feels comfortable or you have nothing else to do and you kind of just pass by the pantry or go in the fridge and kind of see what's there, right? I don't really know what what I want. I'm not really that hungry, but let's just see what's there. I remember during the peak of COVID when the kids were virtual and we would all be home, like working from home, the kids are on their iPads and they were circling the pantry or going in the kitchen. It felt like every 45 minutes to an hour. It probably was like that, like clockwork. And I realized it was in between like every single class, they would circulate and go to the pantry or go into the fridge and get something. And at that time, they were old enough to be able to grab some quick things for themselves. But I'm like, you're really not hungry You're just eating just to eat. And I try to give them 
autonomy over, you know, over time, just teaching them these things and making sure that they're listening to their body and eating intuitively. And I've talked about just like growing up, and a lot of us probably grew up this way is that you ate everything that was on your plate, you didn't waste any food or, you know, feeling like even when your body was telling you you're full, or you did not want to eat this thing, you were kind of forced to eat it. So I try to give my kiddos autonomy and tell them to listen to their body, but I know that they were not hungry. So that was just eating out of boredom or emotional eating. Another example of that, and I did a whole lot of this during med school, was you're sitting in front of the TV. Not that I watch a lot of TV during that time anyway, but you had some downtime. Finally get home, I would sit in front of the TV and grab a snack. And when you grab a snack, especially if it's a family size bag of chips or a quart of ice cream that you're eating out and you're not sharing out a finite amount, you're relying on your body to stop eating. But if you're watching, if you're focusing on something else, you're watching a show and you're eating at the same time, you can't possibly focus on what it is that you're eating, how much you're eating and when you're actually full. So it's just naturally you keep going into the bag of chips and keep eating more instead of saying, okay, let me just share out this amount and I can always go back and get some more later if I want. So that's kind of not really having mindful eating. You're focusing on something else. You're not really paying attention or you're just eating out of boredom. Um, Under that same category of emotional eating is stress right? If you are feeling stressed out, whether it's by school or work, financial situations, social situations, whatever is going on in that moment or on that day in that time, you may turn to ice cream, cookies, cake, whatever sweet, something sweet or savory, whatever pollutes your boat. And stress eating is also another type of eating where you're not paying attention to what it is that your body actually wants or needs and it can lead to overeating. So most of the psychological hunger that we experience day to day um, leads to overeating because we're not paying attention or listening to our body. Social situations are another one and that triggers a lot of the sensory um our, our need to eat because of sensory things. So when we see food, and I talked last week about, you know, you may go, go into the lunchroom or the break room and you ate already, you had your breakfast, you're just coming in and you see that there are like donuts there or maybe some bagels and just seeing it, seeing the food there in front of you makes you want to eat it. Oh, let me just grab a piece now. Um, also smelling it or hearing people eating, seeing other people eating, like those are all triggering our um, senses and kind of is enticing us to eat when we're not really hungry. So we're not listening to our body. Another one that you experience a lot is um, being needing to be the need to be on a schedule or looking at the time. So If you have a certain routine, and especially if you're a creature of habit, you may say, well, I always eat breakfast at seven in the morning, I have lunch at noon, I have dinner at 5.30, whatever, just making up whatever it is, right? But if you're a creature of habit in that way, that means that you're eating at those scheduled times, even if you don't feel hungry. Or you may feel hungry, and then you wait to eat because you're like, well, it's not time to eat yet. So those are the, the another 
kind of uh, psychological hunger, right? It's not really time to eat, but this is a time that I eat every single day, this meal. And so I need to stick to that. So sticking to routines can be good, but it can also throw you completely off, especially if you have a day that's not your typical routine or something happens in the day to disrupt that. So you feel like you have to eat. On the flip side of that, as far as time goes, is if you know that you're, again, using the example of a road trip or you're going to be traveling and you know that you're going to be either in the air flying or on the road driving and there isn't going to be any place to get a meal and you say, well, I know I just ate an hour ago, but I'm not going to be able to eat anything or stop this fear of like not being able to have food for three hours. Let me just make sure I eat something right now so that I won't feel hungry later. But you're not really hungry. So those are things like that causes overeating. And you're not listening to the natural cues from your body or the hunger hormones. And then a lot of that can lead to leptin resistance. There's so many more examples of that. And depending on the different situations that you're in, but that those are the two different types of hunger. So natural or physiologic hunger, which is actual hunger, and then psychological hunger, which is, you know, any number of different things. If you're bored, if you're stressed out, if you're you know, in a social situation, um, or you feel like you're in a time crunch one way or the other, like I have to eat at this time, or this is part of my schedule. So those are all things that can throw your um, metabolism off, it can throw off your hormones. um, And then you kind of lose sight of when you actually need to eat when you need that energy. So those hormones are really just responsible for making sure that your body is getting the energy it needs when it needs it, and it goes to where it needs to go or prioritizes where it needs to go. And then also knowing what to do if there is excess, right? So you burn off, you should be burning off some of that energy as you're functioning throughout the day, whether you're using your brain or you're physically active, right? So we need energy Every single part of our body needs energy to um, work at its optimal function and to be able to do do the things that we do every single day. But that gets thrown off when we're not able to understand what it is that our body needs. Now, when the energy is not needed, if we are eating at that time, it just gets stored as fat. It's not being burned off. Our metabolism starts slowing down. And because the energy has already, energy needs have already been met, and now you're just kind of like filling up the tank more than it needs to. So that excess then gets stored as fat. And that's where we have weight gain, and that's where our our leptin resistance comes in, and overeating, and the cycle goes on. And so that's the gist of it. So I wanted to give you that background so you understand the different types of hormones that regulate your hunger so that you can have a better sense of how to have some control over that or understanding it gives you that control and understanding what your body needs and being able to listen to your body again. It's going to take some time to get back to that point. But you can't get back to that point if you're saying, okay, I'm just going to cut out carbs. I'm going to blame this one type of food that's causing the weight gain. It's not the carbs. 
because there are good carbs and we do need carbs for energy. It's not the carbs that's that's the issue. It's how you're eating them, what type you're eating. And highly processed foods also really contributes to the um, dysregulation of these um, hormones and our appetite and overeating and leptin resistance and weight gain. And it's because of foods being overly processed and that's what we have really readily accessible to us in the States is everything you know, on a shelf or you're eating through a drive-through, it's just quick, it's fast. It's not anything that's really nutrient dense. And so we just keep needing more and more and more because it's not fulfilling. It's not giving us the energy that we need. And so we're just eating more, which means we're getting more calories in, much more calories than what we need, but it's not actually providing our body with the energy that it needs to be able to optimize at its best. So that is also a player in all of this. Um, so eating more nutrient-dense foods, eating more whole foods, um, trying to really understand what your body needs and how to satiate that hunger. Um, protein is another thing that really helps to increase our leptin hormones um, or let us know when we're full. The foods that take a longer time to digest are going to be the ones that are going to be more satisfying. So protein and fiber and healthy fats and having a balance of those three things um, are making sure having those macronutrients um, accessible in our meals every day are going to ensure that we have something that's balanced and, you know, really activate our metabolism and activate those hormones so that we don't fall into that trap of not eating intuitively and just eating whenever we want to eat um, and not listening to our body. So this is all really the basis of why we do the things we do, why the kids ask for a snack as soon as they get in the car, why when you're driving, you feel like you need to grab for a snack. It's that more of that psychological hunger as opposed to listening to our body or those physiological cues of hunger, which is actual hunger. All right, I hope this all makes sense. If you have any questions as always or comments, you can always comment under each episode, certainly leave a review. And hopefully you'll join me next week as we continue talking about how to live healthy on purpose. All right, cheers to your health.